Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. When I see this well getting broader and deeper, to be able to take in and hold a greater capacity of my spirit. And that well consists of each one of your lives. And each one of you plays a part in the depth and the breadth and the amount of living water that flows from that well. When I call people to a place, it's for a purpose. It's not by accident. But there's a purpose in which I call people together to be a people, to be a community, to be those that have had their hearts circumcised by my Holy Spirit. To be circumcised is to cut away everything that is not needed. And what is left is that which is pure, that which is holy, and therefore that which has become available for my purposes. I call you to a narrow way, a road that is narrow. It's not a broad path. It's not an easy path. The narrow path has daily decisions of choosing Christ and denying self, of saying yes to my spirit and no to the things of the flesh. This narrow way, empowered by my spirit, enables you to have victory over the temptations of the enemy, the seductions of how he works and tries to take you out. The power of my spirit in you enables you not to be deceived, not to get into error, because my spirit will always lead and guide you into the truth of who I am. And as you keep the truth central in your heart and mind, as you keep my word central and right at the front of your life, then that daily work of circumcising in your heart will continue to make sure that nothing begins to grow, nothing begins to develop, nothing begins to take first place other than myself. You see, my revival purposes are being outworked in the earth. My kingdom is being revealed in a greater way than ever. The enemy seeks to cloud and enshrine the world with clouds of darkness. But the light of who I am is much greater than the darkness of the enemy. And the light that which is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And so you have this spirit of faith and revival because that's who I've called you to be is kingdom faith and I've called you to be true to the narrow way that I've set you on and the course that I've charted for you 
Don't be concerned about what others are doing, what this church is doing or that church is doing. Just be concerned with what I'm doing with you as your part in my kingdom purposes. Don't look to the left or to the right and saying, well, they're doing this and they're doing that. Allow me to lead people in the way that I'm leading them, but allow me to lead you in the way that I'm leading you. Because when people allow me to lead them by my Spirit, all roads lead to Jesus. That's the only road that they'll end up leading to. And I've called you to live a circumcised life. as you are before me today yield your heart and your mind yield your soul surrender your mind and your emotions and your will give me your body as a temple of my Holy Spirit purchased with the blood of my Son as a living sacrifice so that you could be made holy and acceptable so that you could be blameless in my sight and as you yield and Allow that daily work of circumcision in your heart. That cry of David, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Yes, it came off the back of sin, that cry from his heart to be made right with me afresh. But let that be the cry in your heart every day. Do you continue, Father, to create in me that pure heart that nothing else takes first place, that nothing else has a hook, a grip, a place that would draw me away? And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're in me, that you grace me, to seek you, to know you, to live in you, to live in who I am in you. That's the why I've given you my Holy Spirit. Because what I ask of you is impossible for you. And that's why I am the author and the perfecter, the finisher of your faith. Because I've authored my life in you and I will perfect my life in you as you walk with me, as you yield with me, as you surrender and as you give yourself to me, you live more fully in what you already have as a child of mine. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we cannot 
live a moment in our own strength and effort because it doesn't work. It only leads to frustration and disappointment and disillusionment and pain and regret. Holy Spirit, we're dependent on you. We need you. We need you, Holy Spirit. Be at the center of my life. I can't pray that for you this morning. Only you can pray that for you. I can maybe just pray, hey, Father, as a church, we want you to be right in the middle of everything, Holy Spirit. But only you can express that from your own heart this morning. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you more than ever in the world that we're living in, what you've called me to as an individual, how you've called us to be as a people. I need you, Holy Spirit. I yield. I surrender. You can get on your knees if you want in this moment. You can stay standing if you want. But maybe just in your heart, yield afresh. Father, I yield afresh to you. Holy Spirit, would you come and work in my heart in a fresh way and anything that you need to show me that needs to be cut out, do that work of circumcision today. Do that work of separation today. Anything that is flapping around in my life that is not of you, would you come Holy Spirit and do that clean cut right now? You might be aware of something. Just invite him, Holy Spirit, would you cut that out? That attitude, that motive, that desire. I'm going after this. I'm looking at that. I'm reading the other. I'm, I don't know, stuff that is, you end up realizing it fills your mind and you think, oh, you know, yeah, I'd like to get that and get this and get the other. And you spend more time thinking about those things than actually, Father, what is it you want to do in and through my life today that impacts someone else? know Jesus said seek first his kingdom and righteousness and everything else will be added God knows what we need in our lives and part of yielding to the Holy Spirit is trusting him and saying Holy Spirit I thank you that you have already taken care of everything that I'm going to need today and then when I come into tomorrow, you've already taken care of what I need when I'm in tomorrow. And then the next day. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's a fire in the heart of God. There's a fire in the heart of God. There is a fire in the heart of God for His people. Oh. Holy Spirit, holy fire, holy fire. That fire is a holy fire. The amazing thing about holiness, it draws us to Him. Think about Jesus. He was holy, without sin. And people wanted to be with Him. They wanted to be around. They were drawn to Him. Because in holiness, there is no condemnation. In holiness, there is no criticism.
in His holiness, there is a purifying fire that is so attractive that causes a desire to come up within us. It's like, Jesus, I want to be like, I want to live in your holiness. I want to live in that purity. I don't know about you guys. It's like when God begins to reveal His holiness, yes, there's an awe, an awesome aspect to His holiness because He is holy. But at the same time, when you know Jesus, something in you draws you to Him. That holy fire, that holy circumcision, that purifying fire. What does it do? It enables fullness. It enables the fullness of life to be released. It enables us to live in the fullness of His life. Because it brings an unlocking of what we already have. Because it's not suppressed by other things going on in us. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you. I need you. I don't want to live today without you. I don't want to go to work without you. I don't want to get out of bed without you. I don't want to get in the shower without you. I don't want to eat dinner without you. I don't want to go shopping without you. I don't want to go to my small group without you. I don't want to, whatever I'm doing, I don't want to go anywhere without you. Holy Spirit, I want you to be with me. I know you're in me and therefore you're with me. But what I mean, Holy Spirit, is in every moment I want to trust you. I want to be aware of you. I want to cultivate your presence more. So there's a tangible, a tangibility of who you are in and around me. I'm aware of you, aware of you, aware of you. How many of you want to live like that? Hopefully everybody, I'm not, I haven't got my eyes open, but hopefully everybody in the room is like, yes, that's how I want to be, that's how I want to live. The world is in chaos. The world is in fear. The world is in apprehension. Everybody's second guessing at the moment about just about everything. We're living in days where the reality of what God says about the church being the city on a hill, being a light to everybody around. We are living in those days. Where in amongst all the chaos, there are people that are living in the order of God. They are living in the shalom of God. Total well-being, peace, abundance is goodness. There are people living in the power of God, in the health of God, in the hope of God, in the wisdom of God. We are living in those days now. We are in those days. They're not days to come at some point when the world's falling apart. It's falling apart already at the moment. And in that, God is the only constant. He is the only rock. 
He is the only unshakable, immovable thing. And your life and my life, we are building our lives on the rock of who He is. And therefore, there is no fear on that rock. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. You see, when you know you're loved, you know, fear cannot get a grip. The news of the day, the chaos of what is going around doesn't determine our thinking, our actions, our conversation. Because in it, in the midst of it, are a people that know their God, who are listening to what He's saying, who are discerning and understanding the days and the time that we're in. And because we're listening, we know then how to live in these days, how to be a people of hope and light in these days. When the world is freaking out, God arises and the church arises in God. Does anybody believe that today? Does anybody believe that today? We're not going to get our hope from the news or from the government or from anybody else. Our hope comes from Him. And what is hope in the Bible? Hope is not maybe something good will come one day, hopefully. Hope in the Bible is God's certainty on its way to you. That's what hope is. And we live in the now, right now in this moment. You can't live in the tomorrow with God. You can only live in the now with Him in this moment. And He is our hope in this moment. He is our trust in this moment. Thank you, Father. He loves to encourage, loves to build us up, loves to remind us, especially when we're together, worshiping, being in His presence. He loves to just come and say, hey guys, I am Lord, I'm in charge. Trust me, live in me, live in all that I've given you, live in all that you are in me. Hold on to me, hold fast to me. Listen to my voice, hear what I'm saying. Trust in me. I am your hope. I'm everything you need. I am your supply. We're coming into days, I believe, where when we talk about the supernatural, we're going to be seeing literally supernatural provision of God. When things run out in the days and years ahead, whatever that means, run out, all kinds of things in different ways. We're going to see the supernatural provision of God in all sorts of ways. When God took the Israelites through the, the desert towards the promised land for 40 years, I know they could have gone in in 10 days if they would 
responded to him in the right way. It took him 40 years, but in that 40 years, every day he provided food. Their shoes never wore out. Their clothes didn't wear out. They got water from a rock. He supplied it every, he, he just, supernatural, supernatural, supernatural. Maybe invite the Holy Spirit. This could be a dangerous prayer to pray. Because what we're going to pray means trusting God. Maybe just this morning pray, Holy Spirit, would you take hold of my life in a, in a, in a fresh way today? And would you take me into the supernatural? Lead me into supernatural living. Lead me into supernatural living so that I don't depend on myself. I don't depend on my own resources. I don't depend on all the things that I might have. But take me into supernatural living beyond my depth. Take me out of my depth, Holy Spirit, so that I have to trust you Take me on a new journey of faith, a, a walk of faith with you that takes me out of all of my comfort, out of what I put my trust in without even realising it. And when it's not there, suddenly I realise how much my trust is in something. Holy Spirit, would you come and lead me into the supernatural in a fresh way? I don't know if anybody's praying here that this morning. But this is the life that he's called us to. One that is beyond the natural. Where the impossible becomes possible. And in the scriptures we were going to look at this morning, in Romans chapter 2, Paul's addressing in these moments, in some of the verses we were going to look at, speaking to Jewish people in Rome, that when they try and live according to the law, they're, they're putting their trust in their own efforts to live. And he's saying, yes, you might have been circumcised physically, which is an outward thing. But then he says, what's actually really important is the circumcision of the heart. And he said, this is only done by the Spirit. And our hearts in these days are so, so important that our hearts are given to Him, that we're yielding to Him. Because it's from the heart that the mouth speaks, the overflow. It's from your heart that you really make the decisions of your life. You might think some things through with your mind, to understand some stuff. But whatever decisions you make, they are heart decisions. 
And sometimes we make good ones, sometimes not so good ones, depending on what is going on in our heart. But when we yield to Him, we're not trying to live this Christian life in our own strength and effort. But we're saying, Holy Spirit, I yield to you right now in this moment. I was going to get, you know, three chairs up here and go through these verses using three chairs. When somebody doesn't know God, they can try and be godly. It doesn't count for anything if Christ is not in someone. And then the other end of it is you can be a believer and try and live the Christian life in your own strength. It just leads to frustration. But when you live dependent on the Holy Spirit, it is a faith walk. It can be a challenge. It's not always an easy route. And God sometimes faces us with things that can cause turbulence on the inside of us. Look at the Apostle Paul's life as he sought to pursue the kingdom, to preach the gospel all over the place. The things that faced him, the things, the challenges of the day, persecution, trouble, shipwrecks, all kinds of things. And in the midst of that, he pressed on. He wasn't just looking for a place of peace all the time. Do I feel peace about that? Oh, I do. Well, I'm going to go that way then. There were storms. There was opposition. There was persecution. There was people trying to take him out. And there's all kinds of stuff going on around us. Storms of life, the chaos of the moment. In it all, God is, this is why this well is so important. In the midst of all of that, it's what God is doing in your heart, your life and mine. That we stay rooted, we stay on the narrow path. We stay listening, surrendered, yielded and living in obedience. Because that's what faith does. It calls us to the obedience of faith. And sometimes the obedient life is not an easy one. But it's a fruitful one. It's a life-changing one. Not only for us, but for others. Father, we're here. Like the disciples said, where else can we go? Because you have 
the words of eternal life. You are eternal life. Where else could we go? There is nowhere else to go. There is nothing else to give myself to because you are eternal life. You are the words of eternal life. You are all in all. God is still calling us to intimacy, still wooing us to intimacy. <laughs> We've changed a prayer meeting from a, the third Wednesday of the night from being a one hour online thing to like four hours on a Friday. 10 till 2 and we might increase that to twice a month because when I was praying I felt God say to me Clive press 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 in press in press in you need to press into me not just me but us as a people I believe God wants us to understand on a deeper level what it means to be part of a body part of a community of people Yes, there are some people that God specifically graces to pray a lot in terms of more intercessing, to be an intercessor in that way. And, and there are a number of people we have, amazing people in the life of the church that spend a lot of time praying every week for us as a people, but also into various things. But there's also a level or an engagement of prayer, of, let me put it this way, of pressing in. That is for the whole body. Because we're a body. And every part of the body has a role to play. Yes, there's specific giftings, anointings and graces for all sorts of different things to be outworked. But there's some commonalities for the whole body. One is being a people of worship. Because every child of God is a He's called to be a worshipper. Then there's prayer. God has called every believer to be a praying person. And as part of that corporate anointing and corporate grace that is on a church, that is on our church, is when we come together to pray, to worship, flow together, to press in. I was wondering whether we should call those nights just press in. Because there's a, there's a hidden work. There's things in the spirit that need to shift and move. There's some things that need to happen in the spirit. That when we respond to what God says, things accelerate and things move at another pace when we collectively respond. Because when God speaks to us as a body, he needs a response from the body, not just a few individuals. And we need to understand God doesn't think like a Westerner. In Western Christianity, we individualize everything because that's what Western culture does. It puts I, me at the center. It doesn't put community, laying your life down, I'm here for others. That's not a Western mindset. 
But you see, God's mind is kingdom. And he calls us to be a kingdom people. And we only seek to do things as a church that we believe God is saying. We don't just want to stick stuff in a diary or have a schedule or a program because it's like we want to fill all your time with activity because that activity doesn't produce anything in and of itself. But there is a level of prayer and release I believe God wants us to move into in these next months. And these Friday nights are part of that. And we haven't got one for a couple of weeks. I'm just letting you know, just ahead of time, 10 till 2, it doesn't mean you have to come for the whole thing. But just think differently than just, shall I go or not, or it's a church prayer meeting and Clive would love us to be there because he'd like it to be full of people. I don't think like that. My thinking is, why does God want us to pray? And why does he call us to pray? What does he want to accomplish through the prayer and the worship? What happens when a body of people gather together and they say, we're just going to give ourselves to whatever God wants to do. What begins to happen? Because it's all connected in with harvest, breakthroughs, his kingdom, advancing. It's to do with, that's, that's why we pray. That's why we come together on those sort of times to worship. Like this Wednesday night, it's an encounter night. We're going to encounter him and there'll be prayer as part of it. And, and it's not in there so that we just have something in the diary. It's part of broadening and deepening the well. It's part of cultivating being a people of habitation. So there's a greater release of his presence in us, around us and through us. It's all for purpose, all for purpose, all for purpose. And your response and my response to what God says affects what he's doing and how much release there is I believe we need to understand that as a church in a fresh way that how we respond to God determines what happens it's not just down to me or a few others or a worship team creating a dynamic that people attend and be part of you and I create a dynamic because you and I both have the Holy Spirit in us. And as we respond, there's a release through who we are. This isn't to get more people to a prayer meeting or to a worship night or anything like that. This is to help us understand what we're part of, what God is doing and what it means to be together, even in a small group. We don't do small groups for the sake of it because it's a system and let's get everybody in one. And small groups, yeah, they're about sharing life. Small groups are about discipling people. Small groups are about building relationship with a purpose. We're going somewhere. We want to see God do something in and through our lives. 
There are all types of different small groups because they're connected in with our discipleship pathway to help people grow in some way with God or in relationships or in their witness. In some way, it's all part of growing, moving forward. It's all part of movement towards fruitfulness. Someone had a word in a prayer meeting a few months ago. and I don't know if he's here today. I don't, I'm not sure. but And he said, the kitchen is closed. The silver tray service is over. It's now buffet time. Bring and share. Where everybody comes with something to contribute. Everybody has a part to play. I believe God's speaking gently to us this morning because it helps us to receive what he's saying. Because I don't think there's a rebuke in God's heart. That's not what he's saying. Because I think it would come out differently if it, if it was. I think he's just saying, guys, I've led you to where you are, but there's so much more. I've led you to where you are. And I want you to understand who you are in a fresh way in these days I've led you to where you are but there's another sphere realm dimension of release that I want in you and through you so Father we're here we yield afresh to you We're yours. Father, I thank you for every person in this room, every person at home, every child in a group right now, everybody in the church or whatever that's not here for whatever reason, they're on holiday or whatever's going on. Father, I thank you for the amazing grace, anointings, giftings, heart that is in people in this room and at home to want to know you, to want to serve you, to want to be available. Father, I thank you for people so willing to serve, wanting to lead things, wanting to give time to pray. To I know there's things that go on where people are giving to one another, buying things where people are lacking, they're supplying food or other things. There's all sorts of things going on. Father, I just thank you for the grace that is at work. Father, I thank you for the discipleship that's taking place. I thank you for this culture of grace that you're developing where, where some are saying, hey, put my hands up, I've blown it in a certain area. And I thank you because there's no condemnation, there's no criticism. We're a people of grace. We can say, hey, we've all made mistakes. We've all blown it. We've all done this, that and the other. I'm no better than you. So let me get my arm around you and under you. Let's, let's walk together and let's walk through this thing. And then when I have a bit of trouble, you can do the same for me. And we walk together. But we don't walk with our heads down. We walk with our heads up. And I thank you for what you're doing, Father, because of all you want to do through us. You're perfecting your bride in these days because you're coming for a bride that is clean and pure and holy, ready for you. 
I thank you that you're preparing the Jews within that bride. There's, there's, the bride is made up of two halves, Jew and Gentile. And God's not just coming back for half a bride, a Gentile church. He's coming back for a bride, Jew and Gentile, one new man in Christ, one new creation in Christ. Loads of Jews at the moment from Ukraine are going back to Israel because of what's going on. And it talks about in the Word that there's going to be shaking, because they were scattered and all of that because of not following God. And, and then God promises in Ezekiel 36, we was going to read that this morning, that He gathers them from all the nations and brings them back to their land. And in that place, he reveals, them to, he reveals Himself to them and says, I'm going to take out the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to put my Spirit in you so that you're going to live in my ways. And that is happening already because there's six, seven million Jews there. They're not all born again. There's a very small amount, but God is beginning to reveal more and more Jews from Europe beginning to go back. There's six million or more Jews in America. There's shakings coming where many of those are going to end up going back to Israel. It's, part, it's in here. It's in the book. What happens? And we're living in those days being fulfilled right now. And he'll do what he does with the Jewish people, reveal who he is to them and they'll come alive to Christ as their Messiah. But we want to make sure that as Gentiles, as believers, we're living in the way that God wants to, us to be in these days. His revival purposes are more important than ever. And how we live our lives is more important than ever. So let's just stand. Shall we? Let's stand as we come to a close this morning. Let's all just arise to our feet. I know it's been quite quiet. I thought it might go a bit the other way and be a bit more, you know. Maybe that'll come another day. Maybe that'll come Wednesday night. I don't know, Wednesday, 7.30 to pray. 8 o'clock, encounter Jesus. I want to encourage you, if you can get here for half seven, come and pray, come and pray, come and pray, come and press in. Just raise your hands to Him this morning. Like you're just reaching out to take a hold of Him. Lifting your face towards the light of who He is. (laughs) Father, we take a hold of You afresh today. Holy Spirit, come upon every person in this room right now. Come upon every person in their homes. Holy Spirit, come upon every person right now. Baptize us afresh with the power and the life of who you are. Baptize every person right now afresh with your Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, in a fresh way with that baptizing fire on every person in this place and at home. Everybody connecting with this this, this meeting this morning, Father, I thank you. Come upon every person with the fire of your Spirit, baptizing us afresh in these days, setting us apart, circumcising our hearts, doing everything that you want to do in us so that we live in the life, the power and the fire of your Spirit, given over to you in every way, hearing your voice, discerning what is right and what is not of you, what is of you having the wisdom that we need to live in the way You've called us to. Not to be duped, not to be seduced and not to be deceived in any way in the days that we're alive. 
But Spirit of truth, have your way in us as kingdom faith. Have your way in who we are as a people. Spirit of truth, come and be released in a fresh way amongst us. Spirit of prayer, I ask you to come upon us in these days increasingly. That when we come together, we don't just pray prayers nicely in a group or two and we're trying to think of things to say. But we find ourselves gripped with the spirit of prayer interceding for all that is on your heart to be released and birthed at this time. The birth pangs are coming quicker and quicker and stronger and stronger with all the stuff going on in the world. Why? Because something's about to be released. Something's about to happen. Yeah, the enemy's trying to steal, kill and destroy. It's chaos on one level. But there's something of God that's about to explode in the earth. And these birth pangs, they're not going to slow down. We're never, ever going to go back to what it was. Not just pre-COVID, but pre-Brexit and pre-everything else that's gone on. The world's changing. The world is changing. And it's going to continue to change. Once the Ukraine thing settles down, something else will kick off. Because that's what's going on. We don't like it because it's unsettling on one level. But we just got to, the world is changing and and it's only going to accelerate in a certain direction. But we come in a different direction. And this is where the kingdom is going to, I don't know, nobody knows how it's going to, what it's going to look like and how things are going to be. That's why we have to know God, trust Him and just keep well in there with Him every day. Father, I just speak your goodness, your blessing, your abundance and your grace over every individual, every marriage, every family, every home and household. Father, I thank you for your fresh grace in the workplace to be a witness. Those who lead businesses, that they would thrive in this time. New contracts, new customers, new clients. So much favour on people that have their own businesses in that sense. Father, I pray for favour in the workplace to be a witness in whatever way. All of us in and around our lives, with our neighbours, with friends, with whatever we're doing, your grace and your favour upon us. Even a conversation I had yesterday with my neighbour just came out of the blue. Suddenly we're talking about Israel and we're talking about different things and and why we go there and what do we do there and and why is it just out of the blue. Bump into him outside my house and the next thing we're talking about Israel and this, that and the other. But it, he was fascinated. It wasn't about modern Israel either, interestingly. The first bit was, but then it went deeper. It wasn't just about the political state. It ended up being about what's happening there and why we went there. And so, Father, I thank you. You just want us to be available at any given moment. We praise your name. We honour your name. We worship you, Jesus. We worship. We need to finish because I'll just end up rambling. So, Father, we thank you for your grace upon today and all that you want to do in and through our lives. This week, your protection around our lives, our minds, our hearts, and physically as well. Your protection around every home. We take authority over COVID. We're not having it. Colin's, Colin and Kate aren't here this morning because they've both got COVID and, and uh, they're doing all right. 
I think Kate's a little bit unwell, but Colin's doing okay. But we're not having COVID disrupting our lives any longer. Just speak health over your bodies. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Just reach out and touch the tassels, if you like, put it by faith. There's a couple of scriptures when, you know, we know the woman pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. What she was doing, she grabbed the tassels because he was a rabbi. He had a thing on that had tassels and one of the, some of the tassels represented healing because he was a rabbi. And so she knew if I touch the tassels, I'll get healed because it was part of his clothing. But there's, there's two or three other things it talks about in the gospel. It says that, that people, like crowds came from everywhere just to touch him. Wow, what were they touching? His garment. Because they knew if I touch him, I'll be healed. Because they knew scripturally that's what happens. But they never saw anybody get healed till Jesus turned up. And so just grab hold of, the, grab hold of him. Let's not talk about tassels because he's not physically here like that. Let's grab hold of him. Your healing, your health, your wholeness. Father, I thank you for physical well-being in this church right now. We take authority over cancers and we rebuke every cancer now in the name of Jesus. We just command every We curse cancer right now. We command it to shrivel, shrink, disappear die off in people's bodies we speak healing and health right now mental health issues be healed now in the name of Jesus have a sound mind in the name of Jesus other disorders just be free from them be healed take hold of what is yours Father I thank you if you don't know Jesus today come and have a chat with somebody talk with somebody around your table tell me more about Jesus why are you a Christian what difference does it make ask the questions Find out what happens in someone's life and what God can do for you, what it means to know Him. Father, we just speak your blessing over our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. As you grab a seat, say hello to the people around you. Just say, I'm glad I came this morning. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.